gentlemen i finally watched my hero academia heroes rising and my god this movie was fantastic it was so damn good and while i love the movie there are definitely one tiny bit of a fault with it very small but well you know it's there I'm just going to say this outright. It's going to be a spoiler-filled review. So if you haven't watched the movie, be very, very aware of this um, review. It's going to be spoiler-filled. So here we go. The story picks up um, after a few events that have happened. Um, I would say that if you watch season 5, then after season 5 you will be at the exact time that this movie takes place at. So it's kind of like that because um, I'm pretty sure it's either that or, well, it, 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 it looks like to be after that, after season five, uh, because it seems that Shigaraki has already fought, um, well, the Liberation Front. Uh, it, it's kind of weird where I can even put this at. I mean, I'm not sure exactly where to put it at. There were rumors, there were some people who said that, yes, it is after that. But there are some things that make me think that it's not exactly that either. It might be actually before that even a little bit. But as far as I'm aware, it is after that. I mean, Shigaraki's clothes, all that, just gives it away that it is after the liberation. But aside from that, it doesn't really matter because... Well, it's a tiny bit <laughs> happening. Um, well, it, it is, of course, also after the training uh, that the kids go through. But there are some things that don't add up, which I'm going to tell you in a little bit. The story takes place in that timeline, time frame. And it's a, they're, they're sent to an island where they're supposed to do hero work. But that hero work is not exactly stopping villains or anything like that. It's rather just uh, doing hero stuff, like helping people out and stuff like that, so that they know that it's not just about hitting villains in the face. So all of that comes, and basically they, um, they're learning how to do things, and Bakugo is being an ass as always. And they're being challenged, specifically Midoriya, by a kid called Katsuma and Maharu. These kids are challenging them to be better heroes, and at the same time, Bakuga doesn't like it because he's also being challenged, and it's kind of on his nerves the way these kids react. So all of that happens, and slowly we're introduced to four new villains. I'm not sure who or what their name is. Um, some of them actually don't even outright say their name. For example, there's this... Um, 
particular character who I keep referring to her as Medusa because she has red hair, red long hair, which reminds me of um, Inhumans in Marvel Comics. And we know how Horikoshi loves comics. So she kind of reminds me of that. We have Mummy, a villain who can control people with his rap. This is a rap that wraps a ball inside and he can control them. We have Chimera. I think his actual name was Chimera. I mean, in the Japanese version, they called him Monster, but Chimera fits him really well. Then we have Nine, of course, whose name was already revealed as Nine multiple times. So we are shown the backstory to only Chimera for some reason. We are not exactly sure where the others came from, although there is a manga you can read to know more about them, but it would have been nice if we also saw it in the movie, even a tiny bit. I mean, sure, anyone who watches the movie definitely read the manga, and if they haven't, then they're gonna be totally in the dark. So, Nine is there, we get some background on him, on his powers. His powers are really amazing, I mean, he's just, wow. And as far as I remember in the manga that I read, his original power was to control the weather, which is an absolutely amazing power. So he also has this air defense thingy where he summons this air bubble kind of thing that um, defends him. It's really powerful though. He has these two dragon type things that come out of his back to attack his prey. They don't kill apparently, they just attack. They can just harm and not kill exactly. I don't know why. He also has, of course, um, these things that we saw in the trailer, these um, lightning bolts. They're not exactly lightning bolts, they're like neon shots, like from his fingertips. And the weather manipulation power, which is his quirk. So, apparently he has nine quirks, or he's trying to get nine quirks. Um, I mean, the subtitle wasn't really um, definite on that. He also gets another quirk that activates type A cells, which is a very weird quirk. Like, if you want to help someone, you're going to be like, okay, what's your blood type? And they're going to say O, and you're like, okay, can't help you. Sorry, I only work with type A. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, what, if you have three kids, then you have, uh, then you and your kids can heal everyone? Because everyone gets one particular blood type. It's kind of weird uh, how that works. But it was different than the leaks had suggested. They suggested that basically um, this kid, Katsumo, or Katsuma, Katsuma is going to be like Eri, a quirk very close to Aries, Because that's how the manga was supposed to end. The leaks were nowhere close to what happened here. Nowhere. But here's a few things I would love to say. And what I would have loved to see at least. First things first. Horikoshi definitely tried not to spoil anything for anyone in this movie. I mean, I will definitely say that there are only a small handful of spoilers. Other than that, there's nothing else that can be spoiled for anyone who has not read the manga. Because, first off, with the Endeavor's scar, yes, that happened, this movie happened before season 4, so 
Um, yes, definitely you would you would get spoiled on that, but to know the reason and all that would be much cooler if you watch the anime. And this is getting released after the anime's uh, season four had ended, so it's not much of a spoiler for those people. But it is a spoiler regardless. The other spoiler that I might think might be Deku's use of his new power, the you know uh, flicking finger kind of thing. Um, other than that, I didn't see anything that could definitely be a spoiler. I mean, Hawks could be, but he was already shown in the trailer and poster, so no. But I, I mean, they kept saying that Hawks is a important part. He wasn't. He he wasn't even in the movie that long, and I don't know why people thought that he would factor into the battle somehow. He he actually arrived a little bit late. Anyways. Uh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? This is really hard because I'm so excited about this movie. Well, let's say that, um, let's summarize it this way. The story was absolutely fantastic. The story is actually really good, really well crafted, especially the nine part and the villains part. It's a really great story. I love the villains. I loved how they appeared. I loved their powers mostly. And they were such a powerful force. They were not weak. Well, Medusa was weak compared to the Chimera, but still, this this story, this character design was just amazing. I love the story so much. I love the action, the animation, everything, very much. I mean, the movie gave way to every hero in UA to show off. To show off how powerful they can be. It gave them some moments of true plus ultra. I mean, Yaoi Rozu did her best to basically fight these guys. She gave her all to fight them, which was an amazing scene. Ayoyama also did the same thing. His plus ultra attack was pretty cool. Um, Mineta, even though I hate him, he was not pervy at all. And it was so cool how powerful, uh, he's not powerful, but how useful he actually was in the movie. Sero, Sato, everyone, especially those who were fighting the villains directly, they did their best. Todoroki, I found him to be very powerful, but after fighting Chimera, I was like, oof, wow. He's just, he's doing his best, but even he's not above this kind of villain. And Chimera was just one hell of a villain. I mean, he's a very powerful villain, honestly. And Todoroki is not a slouch in the hero department. He's powerful. And if he had trouble with this guy and he needed the help of four different, basically three different heroes together there were four, to defeat this guy, then holy shit. How would things go if he, this guy was actually fighting one pro hero? He's so powerful. So creepy how powerful he was. So yeah, he was absolutely a beast, pun intended. And I loved him. I loved Chimera and I loved the fight they had with Todoroki. The fight was just amazing. The way they used their powers, the combos. This was the thing I was promised and it delivered. The combos were just amazing. Not just that, also, when it came to Tokoyami, I actually secretly love Tokoyami. I think he's a really cool hero, especially when he gets so serious and he's like, this is my domain. And the scene where 
he sees Mina is hurt and he suddenly loses it. That is pure joy for me because it reminds me of season 3 and wow! It seems that Tokoyami still has trouble controlling his emotions and that's not something you can do overnight so that's pretty cool. Nice job Horikoshi on that. And I loved how dangerous Dark Shadow looked, how they fought against Medusa and kicked her ass. I loved the fight against Mami even, even though it was a short fight and I was not convinced that that's the end. But I thought that, well, yeah, pretty cool. The fight against Nine. Oof, Nine is one hell of a villain. He just doesn't stop. He's just way, way too OP for our heroes. Especially the power that stops those blasts. The air shield or whatever you want to call it. It was one hell of a power. And he was just gnarly. He was just stupid crazy powerful. I... <laughs> I was super excited to see him like that. And he really delivered. It was one hell of a villain. Even though he got weak and those big tubes helped him to regain his power even a bit. He was just one hell of a villain. He was so, so powerful. He just didn't stop. I loved his action scenes and all of that. He was a fearsome villain. I, I was actually afraid for Deku. I thought that he would actually die. Even Bakugo. I mean, and like I said, everyone got their time to shine in this movie. It was amazing how they constructed this. Everyone got their time to shine. And wow, just just really, really wow how amazing this movie was in many, many ways. I mean, I keep just praising it. There is one little flaw. Sorry. This little flaw comes the way of the ending. The end fight is pretty impressive. Not gonna lie. And it's just wonderful how it happens. There is a thing that kind of, that kind, kind of you know, bugs me. The spoiler that I read, leaked I read when the movie was out in Japan, stated that Katsumo has a power like Eri, so they return the power to each respective owner. Bakugo had his quirk stolen. You know, that seemed like a really cool idea. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I thought so myself that Horikoshi kind of cheated with that idea. That... Um, they basically, you know, they, they basically cheated and they gave the powers back and, you know, but at the same time there were two ideas I loved from that supposed leak, which is not true by the way. One, the fact that Bakugo loses his quirk, the one thing that he's so proud of, that makes him so cocky, that he had to fight without his quirk. That was an amazing idea. Whoever had that idea, kudos to you. And at the end, where they show a future version of Deku and Bakugo, and they say that, well, we came a tag team partner to beat villains. These were some amazing ideas. If executed correctly, they would have been even way better. The other thing that we got was the cheaper version of that. Way cheaper, by the way. By the way, I'm not okay with Bakudeku. 
but I would love for them to be best friends and partners in defeating villains. That would be so cool. I mean, it, this movie was supposed to be about the relationship. It even starts like that, but it goes in another direction. I mean, I love the fact that they fight together, but yikes. So here's the thing. Um, first off, so these are the faults. First off, I had heard that Deku used um, his black whip to basically send his blood to Bakugo so that they could transfer all for, uh, sorry, one for all. In the movie, that's not what happens. They just stretch their arms, they grab their fingers, and immediately they grab their hands. I'm like, your fingers are barely touching. How are you able to grab your hands together? So it was weird. I would have preferred the black whip. It would have been way cooler. And you know what would have been cooler? The idea that Midoriya would almost die so that Bakugo then has to use one for all to fight this guy. You know, the backup. Jesus, that had me excited. That idea, I mean, it probably won't happen in the extra scenes that they were supposed to add or reanimate some scenes. But that was a really cool idea. Now this movie played it safe. I'm not saying that it's bad to play it safe. But when you have such an idea that is so good over there, it just makes me think, why didn't they think of this themselves? It, it wasn't that hard. To think of it if one fan was able to think of it and actually make a great impact on uh, the story uh, in every way why didn't you guys think of it as well I mean why do I think that those leaks had a better story in that part here's why not only they actually brought Bakugo to his knees he had to face his mortality in terms of having no power. He had to feel what it felt for Deku to have no power and yet try to be a hero. How amazing would that have been? Number two, the thing that would have been so cool was that even though he hates Midoriya apparently, seeing him almost die and having to pass on his power even with the black whip, which is really cool and if I'm right about the timeline, it, which I am by the way, it could have happened. Then, Jesus Christ, how emotional that would have been. How great they would have bonded together. And yes, I would definitely know that even if Bakugo gets one for all, he definitely would be like, you know, I don't want this. Give me back my own quirk. I don't want to win and become number one like this. That is exactly how it could have gone. Yes, it would have been hard to mitigate this in the manga given the current situation going on. But it would have been so cool. Jesus! Now why do I not like the ending here? First off, Katsumo's power is just... Really weird. It's just, it's not exactly something that I would say villains would love to get it. I mean, yes, Nine needs it to survive, but it's just weird. Number two... <laughs> The way it's transferred and all of that stuff, okay, I'm fine with it. Bakugo even uses his quirk with this, which is so freaking cool. To see his explosives being multiplied with 
all, uh, with one for all. That is so freaking good. I would have loved to see that, and I did get to see it. But the end is where it cheats in the most desperate of ways and un uh, uncreative ways possible. They just they just say like this. They say that well, oh no, one for all still exists in Deku because you know the pre predecessors thought that he was a better choice than Bakugo. The transfer was not complete. Oh wow, it was just like a boost of power to Bakugo, and now Midoriya still has his powers. What? <laughs> what? That is the most bullshit thing I've ever seen. If that can happen, this means that basically Deku can go around and say, hey, you know, since I'm chosen by these guys, let me give you a little boost of power. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Okay, Todoroki, Bakugo, let's go kick this guy's ass. That would mean that ba Deku can actually use that to give Bakugo this kind of boost when fighting against Shigaraki in the latest chapters. It was weird. Sorry. I preferred that version. However, I loved this movie. This movie was absolutely amazing. It did have kind of a scene where it cheated so that it wouldn't affect the manga in any way, just like uh, Two Heroes, because... Well, it did. It, it was a cheat. Two heroes also cheated uh, with some things and also featured a villain that had multiple quirks and was amplified and tried to kill our villains and then two one-for-all users beat him. Now that I think about it, it's actually very similar to two heroes. <laughs> Seriously, it is very similar to that. Damn. That's not good. So, even though it is... Similar, it means that the third movie would probably be the same way with Horikoshi if he makes one. It, it, it still is really beautiful. The action, the scenes that everyone gets, those are actually way better than Two Heroes. I would say if Two Heroes was a, you know, maybe testing ground to see if this kind of movie works. Heroes Rising just nailed it. However, this was not exactly what they promised. I liked those leaks. I thought they were so good. And I actually had my hopes up to see. I mean, I, some people were thinking like, you know, this is kind of a cheap way to, you know, uh, go back on the ending. Sure. But this is cheaper. This is actually a cheat. They just say that, oh, no, his power didn't transfer completely. He's safe. Uh, why? Explain, bitch. Just because predecessors decided that... Uh, I mean, are you telling me that they're actually living inside One For All? Explain! This is not explanation, just enough to say that, well, they decided. Who decided? How did they decide? Why did they decide this? Bakugo could actually be a much better host than Deku at this point, because Bakugo has the explosive power, which can actually match One For All. Hmm? Amplify that? Huh? Anyways, I love this movie. I think it's an amazing watch. But even if you don't watch it, you won't miss anything in the manga or anime. Just as every other movie. Except, of course, for Dragon Ball Super and their batch of movies. However, should you watch it? Do you think it's 
Do I actually think it's worth your time? Yes, it's definitely worth your time. It's actually an amazing movie. I give it a 9.5 out of 10, even though it has many similarities to Two Heroes, even though I like those leaks better, and the ending is a cheat, but I still love it. I still think it's an amazing time, and just because of the cheat, I'm taking it. I'm taking away half a point. That doesn't mean that it's a bad movie, necessarily, because of one that one cheat. But you're just supposed to watch the movie and have a good time and not think about canon. Because even though it is canon, it's not exactly having that much of a big role. Oh, and one more thing: if this is actually happening after the training sessions in the manga. And yes, I of course see that Ida does have a Recipro Turbo and all that things. He actually can use it longer. At least change the design. As far as I remember in the manga, his design was way cooler because he removed those things. What was this? It was, it was the same. I mean, he already went to spoiler with Deku's new suit and all this stuff and his power. Why not do it like this? Huh? Anyways, I talked way too much in this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the movie if you watched it just like me. I hope that you enjoyed me talking about the movie. I'm going to have another episode after this talking about Shadow of War and review it for you. I try to keep it short. I do have a lot of thoughts on it, but anyways, thank you guys for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you guys very soon.